0: Hi, everyone. This is Jeffrey Short with Market Scale. Today, we're here with Phil Levy, the adjunct professor of strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. We're here to talk about the recent updates in the United States-China trade war, uh, the tariffs that are being exchanged on both ends. Uh, Phil, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. So let's just dive right into this. Um, I think uncertainty might be the biggest word that I'm hearing um, when I'm reading stories about this um, ongoing negotiation, I suppose. Um, And so can you just tell me in general, um, what does uncertainty do to sort of hamstring businesses in the United States?
1: The businesses hate it. Uh, They have to make plans. They have to decide where they're going to invest, whether or not they can do that in the United States or whether imported parts will be too expensive when you add in the tariff costs. And those plans need to be made months or even years out. And right now, they're having a very difficult time with that.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more specifically about what industries or what types of businesses specifically are losing right now because of these uh, ongoing negotiations?
1: We have a whole range of industries and and individuals who are losing. So right off the bat, you have – retailers who have been getting lots of goods, places like Walmart, for example, that uh, have been inexpensive, that they've been stocking their shelves with, and those are now looking to get more expensive. They need to think about whether you source from elsewhere. You have had uh, companies who are making products that are competitive exactly because they have inexpensive components coming in. And those components have gotten more expensive directly because of the tariffs. And that's putting those companies at a disadvantage, if you want to think about, say, uh, GE medical devices, for example. And then you have the victims of retaliation, because when the U.S. did this to the Chinese, the Chinese struck back. So if you want to think about farmers in the Midwest, those growing crops like soybean or sorghum, then they have seen the loss of some really important markets, and that came at a particularly bad time for them when you already had low crop prices.
0: Yeah, I really did want to speak about farmers in particular. Um, Is there anything they can do as an industry really to adjust their business or, you know, really change course because of these tariffs? Or is it really just a wait and see? I know that the United States government is giving them some subsidies, right, or some sort of bailout package that they might not think is enough. Is there any other way they can go about their business to turn a profit in this time of uncertainty?
1: It's hard because China is not a small player and because China has very particular tastes and the US farm sector has been catering to those tastes. So there has been talk of shipping soybeans to Europe and to a certain extent you can. You can do a reshuffling of global trade flows to work around. But the numbers I've seen say this isn't sufficient. This is still going to look like a dramatic drop in sales and that is going to hurt them as I said coming at a very bad. That is going to hurt them and it's coming at a very bad time. There has been, one of the reasons the Chinese market has been so attractive to farmers is you also get an element of the Chinese using things that the U.S. doesn't use, such as various chicken parts um, or, or pork, for example. We use pork, but parts of the pig that, that may be uh, more desirable over there. That was pure, pure bonus as far as U.S. farmers were concerned, and they had been thrilled to have those markets those are in danger. And the worry is, if the US proves itself to be an unreliable source, the Chinese find alternative sources. And even if it were the ter- trade war to go away, you still may have the loss of markets.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I was actually going to follow up with the lasting impact. So do you think that's a likely situation where some of these you know, relationships between foreign businesses could be permanently strained?
1: It's absolutely a possibility. When you look at what happens in modern manufacturing, for example. You don't just pick a new supplier out of the internet you know, and do it in a day. Businesses tend to need to certify suppliers to make sure that there's quality checks. In a way, if you're an existing supplier, that's great because it means you don't have that competition all the time that you've been certified, your potential competitors may not have been, and that's an incentive for your customer to stick with you. If, on the other hand, you have a period like this where all your competitors in other countries get certified, even if things revert to normal, you've got this lasting competition.
0: Interesting. And I was going to ask kind of on the other side of things, is there an industry or anyone really that is seeing any gain from this at the moment?
1: Well, there's almost always somebody who gains from, from trade protection when you have – if you are in an industry where you were competitive – the thing that's remarkable in the Chinese case is how infrequent that is, that frequently the Chinese are just simply producing different things than the United States produces. So um, they're a much more direct competitor to a place like Mexico where there's much more overlap. But in general, they're producing at a at a different end of the scale.
0: Interesting. And then lastly, I'll just say with the G20 coming up, I believe um, President Xi and President Trump are going to speak there. Or at least that's sort of the plan. Correct. Um, what do you think might get accomplished there, and what do you think might happen in the meantime?
1: I think recent news has been very discouraging, and I don't mean the addition of new tariffs. I, I think to me, the most telling move has been the way the United States state the most telling move has been the way the United States dealt with the Huawei situation. This is the Chinese uh, telecommunications giant that has effectively been banned from doing U.S. work the thing that was interesting was that the administration couched that ban in very broad terms, talking about China as a foreign adversary whom we could not trust. If you take that kind of a stance, it's very hard to see how you come to a resolution of these broader questions um, at a G20 summit.
0: Great. And then I actually did have one last question that kind of came into my head there. Um, Can you talk about just from a consumer's perspective – Average American, where are they really seeing it? Where should they be keeping an eye out to see differences in prices or products? Um, is there anything really tangible that you can point out right now?
1: They should be looking at the hardware store. They should be looking at uh, clothing stores. It's worth remembering that when the administration put on the initial batch of tariffs on the Chinese, they work very hard to keep away from consumer goods, even though consumer goods play a huge role in our trade with China they knew that this is the kind of thing that would hit consumers in the pocketbook. As President Trump has expanded the range of goods beyond that initial set, now he's having to move into those which consumers are much more likely to observe directly. And that's coming up.
0: Wow, yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it. Um, Thanks so much for your time today, Phil. Uh, We'll stay tuned and uh, maybe we'll speak again uh, with some more developments down the road. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course.